Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Um, we start another week and I'm super excited because I am joined today by Kat of Seated Sewing. Um, Kat, it's lovely to have you with me today. Um, tell everybody a little bit about you and then we will start to go into the conversation of what we're going to talk about. But introduce yourself yep. first and it will just start to pan out beautifully. Okie dogs. Thank you very much, Lisa. It's lovely to be here. So, yeah, my name's Kat from Seated Sewing. I am an adaptive clothes designer, so I design clothing for the disabled community. Um, and, yeah, I was made disabled 15 years ago, and my fashion choices changed overnight. Um, so I went from being able to have a girlies day shopping, trying on all the clothes you fancy to not finding clothes that fit from an accessibility point of view and not be able to go into changing rooms. Um, so yeah, it's, um, my fashion choice has shrunk significantly since becoming disabled. And this is where the com we, we started to get to know each other a little bit, didn't we? Because somebody put a comment on LinkedIn and I commented and then we've kind of gone from there. And, yeah. you know, it's really interesting because from, from my point of view, clothes are a way that people can represent themselves. They can yeah. also make some, you know, people have heard me talk about this time and time again. It, they can make you feel brilliant or they can make you feel crap. And at the end of the day, we want to feel great in what we wear. But it goes into more than that. It's about, like you just said, it's the experience for the shopping. It's mm -hmm. how accessible are the stores, etc. isn't it? If I yeah. was to ask you one question, and I mm -hmm. would say, what is your biggest bugbear about the whole kind of clothing side of it? I'll yeah. put you right on the spot, sorry. But what would, what would be your biggest bugbear? My biggest bugbear is I can't go into a high street shop. I can't even go into a luxury brand and find clothes that are suitable for a wheelchair user. Okay. They're just not out there. Right. Now, when you say, because obviously we would love to educate people that are listening to this podcast as well. When you say not accessible, do you mean... Mm -hmm. um, how clothes are styled or are you talking about looking around the store just ex just elaborate a little bit more so stores on the whole tend to be quite accessible 
Mm-hmm. Uh, their changing facilities is a different story. Yeah. So changing facilities, yes, they may have a disabled um, changing room, but the size of that and being able to get in there and get changed is very, very difficult. There isn't yeah. the turning circle for wheelchairs. Yeah. Um, from a styling point of view, you need a completely different cut when you are sat all day in your yes, trousers. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, and everyone that has worked from home for the last two years will realise the trousers aren't designed to sit in all day. Yeah. They're actually designed to be stood in and to be walked in. Um, and so being in a wheelchair, you need them longer at the back because they need to come around your back. You need them shorter at the front because any extra fabric that rubs against your body can cause sores. You can get it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and you also need them longer in the leg because when you sat, you're actually, because you, you're bent, you need... So if you were to see a pair of wheelchair suitable trousers on a hanger they look awful and they don't make sense yeah but if you were to see them on a wheelchair user they look really stylish they sit really nicely and you start looking like your old self again and again that's so interesting isn't it because you know people don't necessarily think about the things that you have just literally spoken about they would say well you know well, what, why can't Kat just go into, I don't know, let's take one of the high street retailers into H&M and just pick off a pair of trousers and go and wear them. But actually what you've spoken about, it makes p- complete sense, complete sense. Do you find that with seated sewing, you're really mm-hmm. tackling this kind of problem and making kind of the awareness of the benefits of potentially having something tailored, because that's another option, isn't it? Do you find that's where you're seeing kind of the the traction coming from? Yes, I think so. I mean, there's there's only two designers in the UK who have a disability and who are actively selling adaptive wear, and that's myself and Victoria Jenkins from Unhidden. So it's a very small pool, um, but we are determined that we are going to raise as much awareness as possible about this issue. Because for one thing, if you can't find suitable clothing, how are you going to wear clothes to go for a job interview? Yeah. And there's a whole thought process around, well, disabled people don't want to work. Actually, we do. Mm -hmm. And we've got a massive talent pool within the community, but... If we can't find clothes that even let us get smart enough to go to a job interview, that side of your life is just not possible. So the impact is I, huge, isn't it? Mo- massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah. The assumption is you become disabled, you're going to stay in bed in your pyjamas, or you'll live in joggers all the time. And don't get me wrong, a lot of the time, especially with the beauty of Zoom... I am in my joggy bottoms and a smart top. But if I have to go out and meet clients or I have to go out and take measurements to do a bespoke outfit for somebody, I want to turn up and I want to look like I know what I'm doing and I feel happy in what I'm wearing. Yeah. 
that um, goes then back to the whole personal branding side. It doesn't, you know, it's about who we are as people in our business and how we represent our business. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's absolutely true. It's the same as, you know, from my perspective as a stylist, if I rock up to a client and I've got unpolished shoes or my shirt is ripped and it's not supposed to be, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. People go, oh, well, would I buy your service? Yeah. So it's, just, it's exact, it's no different for yourselves in, in with regard yeah. to, you know, you know, you're still representing your business, but it goes back to the whole of it's how you feel, isn't it? It's, it is. it's how you feel. I, yeah. And, and as a wheelchair user anyway, you've already got people's preconceived mm-hmm. ideas in your mind of what you're able to do and what you're not. Um, so you have to work that bit harder to get across those first anyway. Uh, and as you say, if you turn up looking like you've just rolled out of bed, no one's going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's such an important issue that, we want to look our best and we want to show about what we're able to do. But it, at the moment, it's such a bespoke service because we can't get it taken on by any mainstream um, suppliers. It is a bespoke service, but it's a very needed service because you and I had a quick conversation, didn't we, before we, we kind of pressed record. And it's not yeah. just the the style of the clothing is it it's about the and when we talk about accessibility i was talking about to you how you put it on you know it's got to be yeah. easy to get on it's got to be um not restrictive it's yeah. got to make you feel that actually just like you know everybody else you can jump up in the morning and, and get dressed whether it's you're like you said going to a supermarket or going to friends or you're going to work you can't be thinking oh God, you know, this dress is beautiful, but it's a right pain in the neck to get on because of X, Y, Z. So there's, there's a bigger picture here, isn't there? Yeah. And it's not just getting it on in the morning. So I've got feeding tubes. I've got a colostomy. Mm-hmm. I've got a catheter. All of those are accessories outside of my body. So my clothes need to have the space so that as they fill through the day, I'm not uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. I don't get sore. Um, So it's having the space to be able to deal with your body in the clothing that you wear. Sometimes you can go up two or three sizes and then you get a tailor to bring them in to fit. But if you're at the top range of sizing anyway, you haven't got the luxury of going up another two or three sizes. Yes. Get the accessibility of the garment. Yep. And again, you see, you've just highlighted something else. When we talk about, you know, clothing for somebody who is disabled or who is in a wheelchair, we talk originally, we spoke about the the styling being the longer leg or the higher in the back. But then you've just added another level to this with regards to, you know, what you said with regards to your yourself. Because mm-hmm. again, it's about having the comfortability and having clothes that give you the confidence as well, isn't it? There's a there's another layer to yeah. to the clothing that we're talking about. Yeah. And and I think when people think disability 
the first thought is wheelchair. Mm -hmm. But actually, wheelchair users are a really small percentage of the disabled community. We have got a massive community where they've got invisible um, disabilities or they have visible, but they're hidden. So, glostomies, or they've had strokes, um, or they've had... um, there's so many things yeah but people automatically think wheelchair disability. yeah um, but to be able to go and have cancer treatment and not have to strip your clothes off just being able to um unsnap buttons so that mm-hmm. you can access your body without having to strip off just having that privacy makes a huge difference Yep. Because it, you lose a lot of dignity being disabled. And and by having clothes that adapt and fit and are universal, you gain a bit more control over what parts of your body you show and to who. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, and for everybody, um, my dog thought he'd make an appearance again today because <laughs> you could probably hear him in the background. Do you know, I don't reckon there's any a podcast recording that I don't do where he kind of tells everybody he's here. So if it's everyone can hear him, it is an important part. Talbot family. Exactly. The joys of working from home. And, and I was thinking as you were talking about that, about the, the, the poppers on the sleeves and things like that, you know what? There are... Um, clothing brands that make breastfeeding tops specifically for a lady to breastfeed their baby in a public place which is still dignified etc we have that focus don't we but we don't have exactly what you just said you know I you know my mum sadly passed away a couple of months ago but she had a mini stroke before and even now thinking about it I was just thinking about what you were talking about you know, I went and helped her get dressed because, listen, she was, it was a mini stroke. So we still had movement, etc. But mm-hmm. she really struggled with the left hand side of her body. And yeah. even now thinking about what you were saying, I had to say, right, mum, well, let's, let's not put a jumper on today. Let's put a cardigan on as another layer to keep you warm. Yeah. Because it was easier for me to help her with the cardigan and, and for her to kind of just put her arm back and, you know, yeah. put the cardigan on, then suddenly say, right, hang on a minute, let's see if we can circumnavigate this jumper. So it's, you're absolutely right. There is, there's so much to this that could yeah. just make people's life easier because that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. Being having an easier life and being able to express who you are in the clothes that you wear. I think one of the biggest problems is people are frightened to talk about disability. They 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 listen to they hear disability or adaptive clothing or universal design and they freeze because they don't want to say the wrong thing, so they don't say anything. Anything, yeah. Whereas. It's that hap- they're happy to talk about breastfeeding and babies. That's cute, but disability is a bit of this dark art subject. Of, we don't want to talk about that, um, and yet one in five people at some time in their life will become disabled. So that's a massive statistic, and the spending power of the disabled community, known as the purple pound, is. 200 million pounds a month in the UK alone really huge and 
and what we can't get our heads around is why do people not want to tap into that spending Market. power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do they not want to service? We might not be their ideal client, but we will certainly, if they provide accessibility that we need, we will certainly support them. And and people don't understand how big a market is out there just waiting to have someone design for us or have products in in a high street shop that we can go and buy it's 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 so interesting isn't it because like it it goes back to we all and i think the majority of us will say if we find something that makes us feel good right whether it's whether we can pay for it straight away whether we have to save for it or whether we we you know we put it on a credit card if it makes us feel good we will buy it absolutely like you said mm-hmm. you know and it goes it goes tapping into that yeah. spending power that you said just now and it's like everything isn't it if i said to you Oh, Kat, do you know what? I've got the most perfect pair of trousers for you, but they're £500, right? You would say, do you know what, Lisa? If they make me feel good, I can sit comfortably all day from the minute I get up. If I can put them on easily, I'm Mm -hmm. having them. And actually, I'm going to have another pair. But, you know, it's about that, isn't it? But But then also what we need to kind of think about is why... Should you have to pay that kind of money for a pair of trousers to make you feel like that? At the end of the day, it should be, I don't know, which Marks and Spencers, for example, you can go in and go, do you know what? They do a long, but they do an extra long. Actually, extra long would be perfect for me because of the things that you spoke about. So it's about saying where we where we could spend it because we, we will all spend something to if it makes us feel good. Why should we have to? Because nobody else has to. They have a more of a, a streamline. So it's about, it's a huge topic, isn't it? It's, it's massive. And the more we're talking, we're digging. It, it sort of feeds into as well sustainability. Because if you make a product right from the off and it, you make it to last, it's not fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is a bespoke service is we're making clothes that will fit people correctly and they will last. Yes, they'll cost a little bit more money because we're using better fabrics and we're sourcing them in a more sustainable way. Um, but we are also, because it's bespoke, we also have to charge that extra money. And it's like that the whole if we could mechanize it somewhere, if we could get somebody to just make a collection and we need, we just need people to be brave. We you need guys need to, to go brave. on Dragon's Den. <laughs> you? you know what I mean? But you and Victoria need to go on there and start banging a drum. Listen, I know we talk about that, but I'm really intrigued. So is this a skill set, the sewing side? I can't sew a button on, right? So is this something that is self-taught or did you have a background in this to bring into this kind of world that you're in? No. So I was taught <laughs> no. by my grandma when I was a kid. My grandma was a seamstress. Um, and so I learned at her knee. I've always sewn. I've always had an interest because I'm 5'11". Yeah. So 
and and I grew up in an age before there was tall ranges and extra yeah. long. So I've always, if I was going somewhere, I'd always make my own clothes because I knew how to do that. Um, but since becoming disabled, I have had to very quickly learn how to pattern block, how to hack patterns that are commercial so that they fit my body. I've now sort of moved away from that and I'll literally just make a pattern from measuring someone. But I've had no formal fashion training and sadly, adaptive fashion is not a required subject of any fashion course. It's an option if you're interested, but there's nobody teaching it as a, as a normal progression. So all of those wonderful designers coming out don't even know it's an area they can go into. Yeah, yeah. And a very important one. Massive. You know, Massive. so... I think you and I could probably talk for a long time, but I would love before we, we finish this podcast, I would love to be able for everybody to work out where they can find you. So, so where can they find you and Seated Sewing? So we've got our website, which is www.seatedsewing.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram, which is Seated Sewing, at Seated Sewing, and we're on Facebook, and we're also on LinkedIn, which is, which is where, where we met. Our paths, yes. Where Absolutely. Paths I'm, do you know, I'm intrigued. Tell, how many people are you working with then at the moment? Um, we've got quite a few collaborations on. So um, we, we've got three in the pipeline that should be coming off this year. One of them is hopefully going to be a fashion show. Um, and we've got some work early next year, which will be, um, we don't know how big it's going to be, but we've got some exciting models involved who have got connections. So we're hoping with word of mouth, um, more and more people will hear about us and yeah, invest in us or invest in Victoria and, and really get get it knowing that adaptive fashion is out there and available but also needed yeah and you've just hit three things on the head haven't you available and needed and i think hopefully today again through the podcast we've raised the, the raised the awareness again because you know talking to you i've i've kind of picked up so much um you know about what what kind of um, impact you have, how it works, where it could happen, da, 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 da. So it's brilliant. So I would like to say a massive thank you for coming on thank the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks um, for asking me, Lisa. No, it's been, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I hope everybody has enjoyed this podcast. I hope, like me, you've taken so much from it and that now you'll have a little bit more of a think, even when you're in the high street or online and you're shopping, etc. Um, thank you so much again, and we will see you all next week. Thanks ever so much. Bye. Thanks, Kat. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about working with me, then why not book a discovery call with me via my website, lisatalbert.co.uk. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week. Bye bye.